2: Do you like venison?
3: Um, My brother-in-law, he is a a mammoth hunter. So he has venison. That doesn't mean he hunts for mammoth. Well, no. No. (laughs) Which would be interesting. That would be interesting. I would have a mammoth burger. No. uh, So he'll make deer jerky, deer chili, deer steak. I mean, it's not filet mignon. It's not a cow. Right. But I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I like it. Yeah.
4: Yeah, Yeah.
3: Great. Yeah. You?
2: Uh, I'm not a huge fan.
3: It's a it's an acquired it, taste. Yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think it probably is. Yeah, that's what I'd say. Mm-hmm. But very nice.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome back.
3: Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. I uh, had a little furnace installation yesterday. How'd that go? Very good. Thanks okay. to the guys from Beam. So mm-hmm.
2: things are warm.
3: Well, today i mean, here's the thing. I got it installed. Now I don't need it for like a five days, six days.
2: Yeah. Now you got right? the heater installed or the furnace installed at seventy five.
3: Right. But once the once the, it was installed yesterday, the windows were all closed, and they go, okay, we're taking it on a test run. I mean, inside of my house, I am sweating gumballs. Holy smokes. So, yeah, the furnace works. One of the great pleasures, of, and we uh, we have a um, radiator heat, you know, a boiler. One of the great pleasures is going around and bleeding all of your radiators.
2: Oh, I, yeah. Have you done that? Sure. I, I, so I have not done that. Is it really?
3: Oh, it's so pleasurable. Yeah, because you do You know what it is? Hmm. A cleanse. It is, because you know what? It involves air
5: and people, water.
2: What about when people come up to you and say, oh, no, I can't. I'm doing a cleanse. Like, that's way more information than I ever wanted to know about that person. Right, right. Do, do people say that to you? People said No, no. Oh, I've had several people say that to me. They? Lexi, do people say that to you? No,
3: she's gone. She's walked out. Well, <laughs> She's doing a cleanse. Right? <laughs> Come Like, what, you offer offered somebody some bubble gum and they go, no, I'm doing cleanse?
2: Yeah. Really? It wasn't gum. I offered them a drink.
3: Uh, venison. No, it wasn't. Okay.
2: <laughs> Coming up on today's program in mm-hmm. the five o'clock hour... Mm-hmm. Um, We'll reunite with our friend, Dr. Kurt Thompson, who's a psychiatrist in private practice. We'll talk about uh, war and peace. And that doesn't mean like the Israel conflict. That means the war and the peace that goes on inside of us. Mm-hmm. So very much looking forward to that conversation. Um, then at 535, what does it mean to be spiritually compatible? If you're dating somebody and you're trying to, de- to assess whether this person is the one or is a potential <laughs> Part, life partner, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be spiritually compatible?
3: Equally yoked?
2: Is yeah, that, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Or what does unequally yoked mean? Mm-hmm. You think, well, it's simple. It's somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus. Does it have to be more than that? Do you have to be in the same denomination? Do you have to read the Bible on you know on a regular basis. Right. Like what if one doesn't want? what anyway, they're gonna yeah. be talking about that. I mean so that, there, at, but...
3: at least there's some room there to wiggle. if one of you believes in the sun god Myra and one of you believes in Jesus then then it's kinda of <laughs> like no, a little of I am
2: feeling like that's yeah. not equally yoked. Right, exactly. Uh, and then in the four o'clock hour mm-hmm. this day in history, uh, the Rolling Stones made their first appearance in the Ed Sullivan show. Yes. We're gonna hear a clip from that and then we're gonna hear a clip from the first single released from the Stones new album. <laughs> And I got to be honest with you. I've got to be honest with you. Never in my in the entirety of my life have I liked a song by the Stones. What? Never. Never? Come on. Never. Seriously. Never. I just, it's not a band that I've ever liked. Really. The new song. I love. Yeah, I bet I've listened to it twenty times. The
3: one I played last week. It's so excellent.
2: Yeah, okay. Yes, you played it in the week in nice. review. Mm-hmm. It is an. It is such a great song. Yeah,
3: excellent. Good. Can really? so I tell you about my roommate or not? My roommate, A guy who lived in my apartment building. Uh, he he made a vow that the only songs he would play through his speakers were The Stones.
2: What kind of promise is that to the world?
3: And then whenever he would go to work, his wife would play Captain and Tennille. <laughs> just to dirty things up. <laughs>
2: Muskrat love.
3: Anyway, that's just a kind of. My old neighbor, Jimmy. All Mm.
2: right. There's a lot coming up on today's show. All
3: right. All right. Uh, Lots of coming up and lots going on. Without further ado, Kath, let's take a look at the news stories. Please give us the top four at four.
2: For Wednesday, October 25th, Mm -hmm. 2023, number one. Believe it or not, the House voted 220 to 209 today to elect GOP Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana as Speaker. He is a staunch conservative. He now is the top post after three ridiculous weeks of infighting in the Republican Party. Uh, Johnson said the first bill he will bring to the floor will be a resolution in support of Israel, Okay. which, of course, will have bipartisan support.
3: As the vote did.
2: OK, whatever. Number two. Since Hamas militants launched a surprise assault on Israel earlier this month, there has been a significant rise in anti-Semitic incidents across the U.S., Mm. according to data released today by the Anti-Defamation League. The group reported 312 incidents, 190 directly linked to the Israel-Hamas war, including a 388 percent increase in incidents of harassment. Mm. Vandalism and or assault. That's comparing comparing today to the same time period in 2022. Analysts have also been tracking a surge in anti-Semitic hate speech among extremist groups since the war began. John Telegram, that messaging platform, has seen a 1000 percent increase in the daily average of anti-Semitic incidents. Anti-Semitism what? also increasing in Europe since the attack. In Germany, they've reported a 240% increase in anti-Semitic incidents following the week following the Hamas attack. French Interior Minister Gérald Dumanin. Reported that France has seen 588 anti-Semitic incidents since October 7th and a national poll released last week by the ADL and the University of Chicago found that about, get ready for this, 10 million American adults hold what is described as both high levels of anti-Semitism and support for political violence. I do not what understand. What is going I don't understand. on? That's from CBS News. Number three, the Pine Richland School Library has not had a formal complaint about a book since July of 2013. District Superintendent Brian Miller said at a school board meeting this week. But, of course, all of that has changed because there are complaints filed on more than a dozen separate titles. Mm. Former school board member Therese Dawson of Wexford has a theory in the sudden surge to purge the school library, quote, Marxist Librarians, She said people are waking up, and the reason they're waking up is because of the gratitude we should extend to five of our candidates in this district running for school board that alerted us to banned book week offered by the leader of the American Library Association, Emily Drabinsky, who tweeted last year that she was a, quote, Marxist lesbian. Now, if you're the head of the American Library Association, why would you do that? I don't know. Remember
3: when going to the library was fun?
2: I know. And now everything has to be like uh-huh. a political
3: To so Take your kids there and browse the stats. Anyway,
2: you stats. Uh, the board is going to continue at Pine Richland to navigate this issue at the November 13th meeting with the possibility of forming a committee of residents and school officials Mm. on how materials are selected and how parents can be informed. Smooth sailing. Oh yeah, you can read more about that at the Trib. And number four, the happiest story of today, a man spent more than nine hours trapped inside a bank vault overnight in Midtown Manhattan. Whoa. And that's
3: your top four. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, that could be a lot of people's dream. What happened there? Bank employee, I hope.
2: He was accessing his safety deposit box Mm. in the basement of the World Diamond Tower at 585th Avenue when the doors closed and he became trapped.
3: <laughs> Nine hours.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once it's closed, sadly, it's not a timing mechanism. Yeah. And so it doesn't open until a certain amount of time has passed, mm. said the uh, chief of the fire department. Right. So the firefighters tried to cut through the vault's concrete Got wall, through it. but they said it was they just decided to stop and wait until morning when it would automatically sure. unlock because it was going to release all sorts of harmful things that this poor guy was going to have to breathe in. Right. Right. Thing.
3: Right. Right. So they knew he was in there. They, he yeah. They used a cell phone
2: and a camera uh, that they had inside the vault to communicate with the guy. He was okay, uh, and the vault finally opened on automatic timer at six fifteen this morning.
3: <laughs> could they slide him like a thin crust pizza? Apparently, there was there? no
2: there was no sliding of anything. Nothing. And no sliding and a little. I'm. It, it must have been. A rough time.
3: You think someone from the bank would be in there with him or there'd be like a... a...
2: No, that's the whole idea about a safety deposit right. box is you're in there by yourself.
3: How about a door stopper?
2: Well, they don't want anybody to be able to be in... Well, yeah, why Why would that... Uh, you...
3: Just a little rubber door stopper.
2: I mean, when I access safety deposit boxes, I have a feeling that perhaps my net worth might be less than this guy. Right. Uh, but they just like shut a door behind well, you. They I don't...
3: Think there'd be like a little I'm alarm? Not, I'm not
2: in a vault. Right. But I probably don't have anything vault worthy. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about what's right. in my safety deposit box.
3: I, I once had a safety deposit box, and I stopped paying on it, and all my contents disappeared.
2: You lost all your stuff? Mm-hmm. You never we even went to, down to get the stuff? No. You let the bank have your stuff? I
3: was probably
1: 21. 101.5 WORD. The Word of God. It's bold, it's direct, it cuts across the grain of popular culture.
6: It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi, friend. This is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling word every Monday through Friday right
1: here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. This is an urgent news alert from the International Fellowship of
7: Christians and Jews. The people of Israel are at war. Hamas terrorists have murdered women and children desecrated bodies and kidnapped loved ones. President and CEO of the fellowship, Yael Eckstein.
4: What's happening right now in Israel is Israel's 9-11. I'm coming to you today to say Israel is under attack and we need your help now. It can't wait. It can't wait an hour. It can't wait a day. And it certainly can't wait a week. We need emergency supplies on the ground in
7: Israel now. Your emergency gift of $45 will help save Jewish lives and provide critical essentials desperately needed right now. Please call and help Israel, 800-964-2552. That's 800-964-2552. Bishop Paul Lanier, chairman of the U.S. Board for the Fellowship.
8: Israel is at war. Terrorists have egregiously, violently, viciously violated the territory, the sanctity, the sovereignty of Israel. My assignment, yours, is to help give and to provide sustenance, food, medicine. It's important. It really matters. And I'm asking you now, with all that I can say, please, please give.
7: With an emergency gift today of just $45 to the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, you'll help provide emergency medical needs for those injured, water, food, bomb shelter construction, and much more. Please call now. Make your emergency gift of $45 or any amount the Lord leads you to give today. 800-964-2552 2552 that's eight hundred nine six four two five five two. Roofing, siding, or remodeling.
8: Seven
7: two four new
9: roof.
3: What about the genre of books in the Bible?
2: Oh, well, I think that's so important. Oh my gosh!
3: Important how?
2: Well, I mean, you have to know whether you're reading proverbs. Right? right and you know what proverbs are yeah what they mean um versus if Revelation. you're re- <laughs> right or if you're or versus if you're reading a letter from Paul yeah. to a to a church
3: but you you wouldn't know that i mean if you even had the least inkling of the bible wouldn't you
2: well i i'd hope that you would but a lot of times you hear people quote verses from uh, maybe a book of poetry kind of like their promises Mm -hmm. from god when i don't feel like that's probably the most i don't know if they are a promise from god i think it's a like poetic way of looking at life i just think it's different if something that you get out of the psalms is going to be different than something you get that's like didactic teaching from the new testament all right that's good
3: Rev. Josh Brown is back with us. Josh has been a regular guest of ours for the many, many years. He's a senior pastor of Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Hey, Josh, how you doing?
10: John, Kathy, thanks for having me back on. I'm doing pretty well today. Excellent. Always a pleasure,
3: Josh.
2: What do you think, Josh? Do you think I'm overstating that?
10: No, I think you're getting at something that is very important, Kathy. Uh, there are a lot of different kinds of genres in Scripture, and identifying that, or at least recognizing that, certainly is a very important part of making sure that you're understanding what it is that the Holy Spirit was, was trying to inspire the authors to say in that particular context and in that setting. And one of the reasons it's important is, is as you were giving some good, great examples there, if you... You know, there can be uh, an idea sometimes that, like, for example, if you don't take Scripture literally, then you're not taking it seriously. Um, and a lot of times, most of the time, even you could say, that's great. That's sure. I'm with you on that. But you were, you were pointing out the Psalms, and that's probably one of the easiest places to look and say, well, that, that's poetry. Mm-hmm. And, for example, Psalm 98 says that the rivers clap their hands. And I, I, how I don't know anybody that would assume that means that these bodies of water— Kind of, you know, congeal into appendages that slap together, and I, I'm not trying to be funny, but you know, everybody says, no, that's poetry. That's we're understanding that when you, if you stand next to a rushing river or, or a, a brook, you know, it's making a noise. It almost maybe sounds like nature clapping and applauding God. You understand? No, no, that's that's poetry. It's a poetic image, and I, I am taking that entirely seriously without taking that in that particular place literally, and. That's that's just, you you were giving some good examples, Kathy. There's another specific one that you have to understand what kind of of work you're dealing with.
2: Mm -hmm. I remember talking to my grandmother, uh, Josh, when I was a pretty little kid before I really knew anything about anything. And uh, she was talking about the uh, passage from Proverbs, train up a child in the way he should go. Mm -hmm. Um, And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And we were talking about it because two of her sons, who were my two uncles, were completely disinterested in anything about the church, anything about Jesus, anything about anything. Their nicknames?
3: <laughs> Their yeah. nick-
2: no, they had regular names. Oh, they just had regular names. That's the other side of the family. They had <laughs> nicknames. But, but she was. We were kind of thinking about. Now wait, like that's not the case in these two, yeah. these two men. And of course, I'm. We have a hundred examples of that. But that's just the first thing that pops to my mind.
10: Yeah, that's another good example. Is that generally true? Sure, it's generally true. Are there exceptions to that? Yeah, you can. Everybody can point to exceptions to that. And you know what? That it's interesting that you brought up that specific example because now there, there's kind of another overlapping matter there of how do you use how do how do you translate even idioms in certain ways? Mm-hmm, uh, because yeah. it, you know there there are people who have, who I think make a pretty good case that in that in that specific example that you brought up. The Hebrew could 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 and perhaps even should quite be literally translated in train up a child after his way and when he is old he will not depart from it and then all of a sudden you think wow that actually could mean that could mean something almost entirely opposite of hey if you let a kid get their way for their entire life if you just kind of let them kind of dictate everything on their own let mm-hmm. train them up in their own way then of course they're going to do that for the rest of their life I'm not suggesting that that's the meaning there but. It's not. It's not an impossible meaning if you look at the way that the idiom itself is used. But huh. so then you're getting it. Then you're getting into like, well, we've got a genre which is proverbs, which are aphorisms, adages, wise pieces of advice. Huh. Uh, but you've also got an interpretive matter, and that. So yeah, that's why it's important to take time to understand what you're reading, to maybe compare some translations even sometimes, and look at, look at what other people have understood about that over the years. Mm-hmm. But genre in general, you mentioned Paul's letters, the Gospels. You've got, in the New Testament, you've got historical kind of writings, like the Book of Acts, then you have letters, then you have... Uh, something like Revelation. There's all sorts of stuff in there. Right.
3: So uh, all the more reason, Josh, when someone first comes to Christ, whether they're a child or an adult, it's imperative that there is a guide to talk about the Bible and all the different varieties of what you and Kath are describing.
10: Yeah, and and to do so in a way that encourages them to get into it and not scares them away from it, right? I think that's always a big thing because you could you could very easily say to somebody, "Okay, I I know I know this is pretty new to you. I just want to let you know there are, you know, this many different kinds of genres and this many different kinds of things and, and you could end up having somebody think, "Well, then I don't even know where to start, so I'm not going to start." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that's very the opposite of what you're trying to do. So I think you're right, John, and encourage them in in a way to say, Hey, there's a lot of wonderful stuff in here and this is written by a number of different authors over a number of different time. It's all been inspired by the spirit and you have a lot of different uh, genres and a lot of different styles that are in there. So as you're reading them, um, you know, be aware of that and, and understand that that could, that could really help you get a deeper grasp on what's going on just by taking the time to do, to look at those things.
2: Josh, I expect that there are people listening who are saying, "Wait, this is crazy talk. Like, these are three people who clearly don't believe the Bible, because they're saying <laughs> that you know some things that are in it aren't true." Um, because
3: I have seen rivers yeah, clap.
2: Right, because that's, but that's not what we're saying. Um, c- can you talk to that person?
10: Sure. Yeah, and, and I, yeah, the, I, I hope that didn't come across as like flipping an example from the Psalms on there in any way. It was just meant to be an example that, uh, yes, yeah, something can be entirely true. And yet, you know, understanding the way in which the genre is written actually helps you understand it better Mm -hmm. uh, than clouds the issue on that. So I'll, I'll, you know, affirm this in every way that I possibly can. I believe that Scripture is the inspired Word of God. As Paul said when he was writing Timothy, it's been been given for our instruction. It's useful for everything that we do. Um, It's been breathed out by God. So, yes, I affirm all of that completely. At the same time, it's it's not undervaluing or undercutting any of that to say, well, not only do you have different writers who even, you, you can even just read, if you even just read somebody like Isaiah next to Paul, for example, they have different vocabulary, they have different, you can see their personalities in, in certain areas coming out. Um, and so when you, you factor in that and then you say, the Psalms, again, might be the easiest example to come back to, say mm-hmm. that's poetry. It's, it's rich, beautiful, vibrant poetry, um, and so that should be in our mind as we're reading it. You look at some of the prophetical books, especially there's a kind of a genre that is referred to as apocalyptic literature, like Zechariah, Daniel, Revelation, parts of Ezekiel. And you say, there's all sorts of imagery going on in there. And are there kind of guidelines to understanding that sort of imagery? And yes, there are. And that actually helps me see more clearly what it is that Scripture is trying to communicate.
2: Yeah. It makes me think again, Josh, and I I keep coming back to this, that it takes a maturity to be able to read the Bible well. And I'm not saying that the gospel can't be understood by a child, because Jesus clearly said that it could be. Um, But I just the older I get and the more I read the book, the Bible, all of the different books that are included in it, it just makes me think of how, I mean, I've grown up reading it, how little of it I still understand. Um, And how... it, it doesn't mean that it's not true. It's just how I, I so come. Deep. Yeah. It's so deep. And I come back to how limited I am.
10: Yeah. I think that's an important place for, uh, for, for us to be and right. And in, in, in the sense of recognizing yeah, this is, this is God's word. Uh, this, his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I'm not, I'm not going to fully, uh, you know, be able to perfectly get into all this. And yet, as you said, God did give it to us in a way that we can't understand. And that's one of the wonderful things about Scripture is that God has revealed himself to us in a way that we can understand, that we can learn from, that we can grasp, that we can study. Um, He didn't need to do that. That's that's an act of sheer grace in and of itself. And yet it's good for us to always remember that there, there is more to, certainly more to God Obviously, than we will ever be able to get our minds around, and there, we're always going to find new depths of beauty and meaning and wonder uh, in His Word. The more time we spend in it, there's a really famous uh, there's, there's a really famous saying that goes back to Augustine, where he said, "If if you comprehend it, it's not God." And by that, he didn't, he didn't mean that we can't understand God. He was trying to say, if you think that you have fully gotten your head around everything that there is, and you can explain away all the parts of God well then it 's not god it 's something that you <laughs> then it 's something that you fashion for yourself, uh, and I think he 's right in that, and scripture continues to show us just the depths uh, of who it is who God is, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, uh, what that means for us as his people, and we 'll never exhaust that, so we, but we ought to spend as much time as we can getting into it that 's
3: good i mean i I love to see you know an old head someone. 80 or you know so years older and their bible that has been well worn you think about that wisdom mm-hmm. that that person has absorbed all these many years and still so much more to travel
10: yeah exactly There, there is always going to be new uh new insights that the spirit can give you even if it depends i'm sure that all three of us can give examples uh, as well as most of your listeners, where there, there's a passage maybe that you had read, mm. I don't know, a hundred times. And yet you come across it one time and it's just there's something about it. You say, wow, I Think about that. never saw that mm-hmm. before. I never yeah. forgot that before. You know, why, why is it that God chose that moment to give you a new insight? I don't know. But there was perhaps there is some reason for it. Um, and those are are great moments when you have those. Yeah, that is.
3: Pastor Josh Brown from Belfield Presbyterian Church. It's in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Josh, before you leave us, talk to us about Belfield and Oakland and those you serve.
10: We are right in, in the midst of uh, some of the university communities, right next to a lot of the medical communities that are there in Oakland. So those, those are groups that we really try to care for in the best ways that we can. Um, but we have people who come from, from all around the city, from all from outside the city, and, and want to be a part of caring for those kind of communities. So it creates a really interesting and great uh, little mixed uh, group of, of people that we have as a part of things here, and we love, we'd love that um we've got um to serve this this sunday is a little bit different uh this sunday is reformation sunday and uh, so we have our our two normal services in the morning, and we usually have a service in the evening. We have a different opportunity at this time. There's going to be a couple other local congregations that are uh, going to be joining us and having a service that's um, just a Reformation Day service to kind of celebrate some of those great truths that came out of that time of uh, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, Scripture alone, and God alone gets the glory. So that'll be a little bit different lineup for us this Sunday.
3: Very nice. Pastor Josh Brown, Belfield Presbyterian Church, easily found on the web at Bellfield Presbyterian. Josh, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your insight here today.
10: Thank you. I hope you guys have a good day. I'll talk to you soon.
3: And you as well. From the Bible to the Rolling Stones, that's next here on Word FM.
9: Doing it right. Roofing, siding, and remodeling. Home of the Lifetime Workmanship Warranty. Get $1,500 off any full roof or full siding replacement project signed in October. Restrictions apply. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. it call It Think the
11: government is spying on you? Wait until you learn the entire truth from Swiss America, the trusted leader in precious metals for 40 years. Let's just say you might want to think twice before making a bank withdrawal these days because somebody could be watching. It's true. Let Swiss America educate you about how banks are required to spy on us for the government and report any behavior they deem suspicious. You'll be shocked when you read The Secret War on Cash from Swiss America, which is really a war against all freedom-loving Americans. It's free to Salem listeners. Get your free copy of The Secret War on Cash by calling or texting 800-630-1495. That's 800-630-1495. This war includes digital currencies too, so please get and read The Secret War on Cash free by calling or texting right now at 800-630-1495. 800-630-1495. Message and data rates may apply. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. At Eden
9: Christian Academy, lives are under construction every day lives built upon the foundation of God's Word, shaped by the understanding that every student is created with a unique design and purpose, building the mind with academic strength and depth while fashioning spiritual Christ-like character that can change the world. Fall enrollment is open now, pre-K through 12th grade. Eden Christian Academy, building his kingdom, one life at a time, at edenchristianacademy.org. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want
8: to the right car?
9: 724 New Roof.
12: Hear us on your smart speaker when you say Play the word Pittsburgh or find us on the Word FM mobile app on one place or wordfm.com and always at 101.5 W O R D F M Pittsburgh. Sharing the word that changes the world.
13: clouds breaking tonight will reach a nighttime low of 52 partly sunny very warm tomorrow a gorgeous day to be outside the high 75 partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 58 it'll be warm friday with temperatures approaching near record highs last reached in 1963 with times of clouds and sun on a high of 77 with your accuweather forecast i'm forecaster drew shannon
3: Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and uh, the Rolling Stone family were in Manhattan over the weekend for a release party of the um, new album, Hackney Diamonds, the first album released by the Rolling Stones in 18 years. Two, I should say, rave reviews.
2: Two rave reviews was one of them mine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did not see that. Um, you, I know you told me earlier that one of the reasons that Mick Jagger said they wanted to do a new album is they liked the release party in New York.
3: They said, yeah. I mean, at the release party, they said, you know, we've, they've, they've driven down fifth Avenue on top of a flatbed truck. They were in grand central terminal and a caboose at their prior release parties. So they blew it out at the New York racket club over the weekend. Lady Gaga was there along of, uh, any number of worldwide celebrities.
2: So this day in history, uh, do you know the year?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, 1963.
2: Four. 64. Exactly, oh. 64. The Rolling Stones made their first appearance 64. on the Ed Sullivan Show. Let's hear a little clip of that, Lex.
6: Now, because of all of you, we're going to have them, and they're going to have them in both halves of the show. So here's the first appearance
8: of the Rolling Stones.
0: The joint was rockin', goin'
13: round and round Yeah, reelin' and rockin', what a crazy sound But they never stopped rockin' till the moon went down I Didn't sound so sweet, I had to take me a chance I rose out of my seat, just had to dance Started moving my feet I, mean,
2: I wonder how old they were. That's pretty basic, isn't it's, it? It's pretty, sure is pretty right. basic. There's not
3: a lot of complexity to that. No. The Rolling Stones, they were a lover of blues, right? Yep. They were uh-huh. schooled on that. Hence the name, the Rolling Stones, from a Muddy Waters song. I, I never believe. knew that. Yeah, so uh, they've been around six-plus decades. I mean, I, I can't believe right? it. Rick, uh, Mick Jagger's a, a great-grandfather twice over.
2: <laughs> so, oh
3: I mean, yeah. I mean, say what you will. Okay. And there's a lot to be well, said about Well, there is a that. Yeah,
2: you think. Yeah. Okay, so you said last week, yeah. on the week in review, it was Friday. Yeah. Uh, you were going to, you, you introed this, uh, the new Rolling Stones song, and I kind of rolled my eyes, and I thought, this is, this is going to be horrible. Yeah. And then, I loved it. So, let's hear that.
8: sweet sense, sweet sense of heaven.
3: Very few of us will sound like that at 80.
2: He sounds amazing. He sure does. What? And she sounds fabulous. That's Lady Gaga with him. That's just with him. such a great yeah. combination, the two of them. Holy so,
3: as we cow. said earlier, I mean, the album's got great reviews. I haven't that-
2: heard the album, I've just heard this song. Yeah. So, I don't know what to say about the rest of it, but holy cow. Excellent. So, anyway, uh, this day in history, 1964, Stones made their first appearance on Ed Sullivan.
12: WORD There are three
1: ways of dealing with the Bible especially when you come to a passage that you don't quite agree with or understand The first tactic is to pick and choose what you want to believe The second is to remain ignorant of what the Bible has to say at all The third is to dig into the Word and try to understand all of it, whether or not you like what it has to say. Well, if you fall into that last category or would like to, please join us this week on Through the Bible Radio. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5
14: WORD. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, and evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 989898 and you're going to be blessed by taking action
9: Roofing, siding, or remodeling? What it took, right? Call, doing it right. 724 New Roof. For
3: many, many weeks in my neighborhood, and I'm guessing in yours as well, uh, our neighbors have festooned gravestones, <laughs> skeletons, ghosts, massive spider webs, you name it, all in celebration of the forthcoming Halloween, October 31st. Now, this happened, I, I bet you that I the first saw the first celebration, the first decorations, maybe September 4th or mm-hmm. 5th, maybe. And of course, as the weeks go on, they just get larger and larger and larger. Uh, a quick walk around our neighborhood, you know, taking the dog for a walk, it's like you're in the bowels of hell. And, and I'm not like some, right, I, I, I want to be like some party pooper. Right, of course. But you, I kind of go, what is that all about? Well, I was happy to read Ann Kennedy's post about this This is a really good post. Yeah, because she's of the same mind. Uh, Ann Kennedy, she's a regular guest on our show, the author of Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. It's here to talk to us about Feasting to Death, Seven Takes on Why I'm Tired of Halloween. Uh, Ann, welcome back.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. So this isn't one of those... To be expected posts of some Christian who doesn't like like witches
3: on Halloween. An angry screed.
2: Yeah, this is not an angry screed. It's it's a fed up screed is what it is. It but the reason I really love, first of all the writing is very very it it's well done and and it's descriptive and biting. Um, but you have had enough of Halloween, just the same way you say you've had enough of Christmas.
15: Well, thank you. I uh, I did. It did flow out of my heart suddenly, uh, because I've been I'm you know I'm trying to take my health under control, and so I've been walking uh, early in the morning, long hours in the morning, and I one day noticed that one house in particular who's really gone all in left their big blow up things going all night uh, with the light, the lights going and the, this huge vampire blow up vampires looming over me at like six in the morning. And I kind of lost it <laughs> uh, because first of all, you know, no, nobody's awake at that hour. And so you should just give that poor thing, let it lie down in the grass <laughs> Please. and take a rest. <laughs> and, and then, you know, I have noticed, I think as, as Christianity has sort of crept away from people's imaginations in particular, the vestiges of our, of our holidays are still there. So we still have Christmas, but we don't know uh, corporately what it's for. And, and that's kind of really feels tragic uh, because the substance, the thing that's really at the heart of it isn't there for people. And you can feel that they, they want something more. They want the feast, but they they don't know what it is, and so they're sort of just going through the motions uh, without the the meaning behind it. And you know, Christmas has been creeping up on us since mid October, um, mostly. But Halloween has similarly now come at the same time as school school supply buying, mm-hmm. and that just I think really ruins the the fun because part of Halloween if you're really going to go for it, is to be afraid and, you know, a little bit afraid, hopefully not terrified. But if you have to look at those demon babies for six and a half weeks, I think that the charm wears off is what I'm saying. Right.
2: Okay, but you write something else that I, I'm just going to read it here. It. This is your quote. It is that America is mired in the quicksand of what I guess must be called accelerationism or whatever it is when you have to keep pushing and pushing to make more of what you already have at such an unconsidered rate that you end up filling up all the landfills in the entire world. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) again, so well said, but I really think that's what I kind of makes me physically sick. About walking into Kohl's the other day, and I hear Nat King Cole singing Christmas song, I just think th- it's it's just c- so screwed up. And accelerationism is probably the best way to label it.
15: It is. We don't again because we don't have actual feasts. We just have consumer holidays. There's nothing blocking buying the stuff. You know, there's nothing to. There's no internal check on. When should I buy my decorations? So no, nobody who's marketing anything uh, knows what that is either. I honestly, I don't feel bad for stores who are trying to make it. Uh, you know, in any economy, uh, they're not. I don't think that you know the CEO of Kohl's is a wicked person or Target or or Walmart, but they don't. They don't have anything to appeal to. Other than their bottom line, which is stressful. And so if they know that people will buy the minute they see it, they're going to put it out. And so uh, it's, it is it's really, I, I, I think I adopted that term from somewhere on the Internet. I actually have no idea what it technically means, but that's what it feels like to me. We're just going faster and faster towards nothing,
3: Right. And I would say, Anne, which you raise in a very particular way, that this early onset of all this stuff, especially for Halloween, it makes Satan banal, right? I mean, Satan's just another, he's like a Christmas ornament in some way. He's been hanging around so much, like I get to know him more than I care to.
15: Yeah, I i I don't know if people notice uh, how hideous those demon babies are you know they're horrible with the fangs and that's that just becomes part of your your furniture and i i am a little bit shocked that because a lot of the decorations are going to be more more sophisticated more gruesome Mm -hmm. more and more ugly and again if that was just one night of the year and you were making fun of satan I think it would be no it would be good even it would be no big deal but when it's your fall decor and it's really ugly and scary uh and it and represents the pit of hell I feel like maybe you should take a minute and consider the spiritual implications of your you know mm-hmm. of your Coles run,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, we we have a, a neighbor friend who does not do that, but in in response to all the you know the, the Halloween overrode, he has a smiling pumpkin. It's just a cardboard smiling pumpkin, which is his small sort of you know pushback to what you know the demon babies.
15: That's nice. Well, I have never put out, as they say, decorative gourds and mums, mm-hmm. but I I felt like. I had to do some things this year, and I piled up my uh, stairway leading into my house with mums and pumpkins and decorations. And I've made it as pretty as I can, it, really out of self-defense, because I think as people take their walks, they need beautiful things to look yes, at. Yes, that is so true. Yes, yeah. So it's an active Christian charity. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and looking to benefit the world, you've chosen to be, you know, bring some beauty to it. We're talking to Anne Kennedy. She's the author of Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. Uh, Anne, I have to highlight something else that you wrote in this piece. She said what this means, and you're talking about how long of a lead up there is to every holiday, how, mm-hmm. you know, the instant that, Christmas is over, then we're going to start seeing Valentine stuff. Sure. Like there's just no Anyway, you say, "Quote, what this means is that there are no holidays in America. By the time you get to the special day, you are sick of it and just want it to go away." And that is so true, and I think that's why. And then you say, "Oh, this is my favorite part." Through no fault of anyone except Satan, all the actual feasting has been transformed into a strange fast. And always Halloween, but never All Saints' Day. Always Christmas, and never Advent.
15: Yeah, I I thought that Lewis was so funny when he said, "Always, you know, nobody could imagine always uh, winter winter and never but
2: never Christmas, right?" Mm
15: -hmm. But but that's kind of spiritually where we are. We, we're we always getting ready for something that never happens. And I think that's because we don't know, you know, we don't know the, the undergirding spiritual reality that every feast should point to that's lost to us corporately. And so, it you know, it's, it's working and working and working and never getting the thing that you're working for. And uh, so it feels... It feels hollow and, and tragic, but I honestly watch looking at people rushing and rushing every year. I felt more compassion for people, but this year I it's even more. I just I think people are so they want the feast so much. They want beauty. They want a fun and happy time, but they've they don't they don't know how to get it, and it's been it's being stolen from them uh, even under their noses.
3: I'm into that. And Kennedy, And before you leave us, uh, you, you're so well-spoken. Your writing is so excellent. Talk about uh, where people can find you, uh, whether it's uh, at Pathios or your Substack.
15: Yes, I'm uh, over at Pathios uh, at least once a week. I'm aiming for that, and I'm on my Substack. Demotivations with Anne uh, at least four or five times a week, and uh, my content is too much for any one person to consume, but you should still try.
3: <laughs>
2: I still
15: will.
3: Uh, always happy to have you come Thank by. You Thank you, Thank you. Our great pleasure. Truly it is. Anne Kennedy, I'm going to tell you, she she's something else. She's excellent, really. Well worth a read. Look at her substack, outstanding. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back. We are underway. Uh, next is the uh, almost five o'clock
9: hour of the ride home. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, and remodeling. Home of the lifetime workmanship warranty. Get $1,500 off any full roof or full siding replacement project signed in October. Restrictions apply. Call 724 New Roof or visit Roofing Contractor
1: Before I came to RPTS, I was a church planter and pastor for 22 years, and I found a lot of confusion about what really constitutes a church. Dr. Barry York, president of RPTS. We want, first and foremost, our ministers to know what a church is and what the church really needs, so how to develop preaching ministry, why we practice the sacraments, how to properly care for God's people and that you exercise proper oversight of them. The church needs servants like you. Are you
9: ready? Visit rpts.edu.
14: Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall. Now I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, and evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 98, 98, 98, and you're going to be blessed by taking action
0: right now. It seems like every day economic news gets more and more sketchy. We're already seeing huge volatility in the stock market and a rapid erosion in the value of the U.S. dollar. But this time, an economic downturn could happen faster than you ever imagined. Direct Bullion USA, America's number one precious metals company, wants to let you know that now is the time to take actions that may help protect and secure your portfolio with physical precious metals. Want to help protect your hard-earned money before it's too late? Call Direct Bullion USA at 888-787-GOLD and get your free gold investor kit today. Don't wait. Call Direct Bullion USA now at 888-787-4653 and get your free gold and silver survival kit. With all of the uncertainty of a world gone mad, you can take control of your financial future with one call to Direct Bullion USA. Call us now at 888 787 4653. That's 888 787 Gold. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? What it right
8: call doing it right. 724
0: New Roof.
3: So, in this age of uh, chips, microchipping for your pets, it's not uncommon to hear stories of, you know, oh, my cats run away or my dogs run away. But here's the story of a cat. His name is Butters. And uh, Butters had a brother, has a brother, and um, living happily uh, in the San Diego area.
2: As anyone living in San Diego.
3: Yes, but his do. owners, uh, Angelo and Shelly Castigliano, uh, they said, well, you know, Butters was kind of a cat who uh, liked to go out uh, through the dog door and would wander around. That was 12 years ago. And Butters disappeared. Now, in the meantime, Angelo and uh, Shelly Castellano moved from San Diego to Seattle Okay, But then on their 29th wedding anniversary, someone called them and they said, hey, we found your cat. They thought they were kidding. But the fact of the matter is, this cat was found wandering around the desert, Butters (gasps) was. He's in excellent shape, but 12 years later.
2: He's been wandering for 12 years? 12
3: years. And he's been found and now reunited. Is this like
2: a prodigal son situation? I
3: guess. I mean, what the heck? Butters. uh Uh-huh. Wandering around for 12 years. Our prodigal kitty has come home, says Angela. I cannot stress enough how important it is to get your kitty cats and your doggies chipped. Mm-hmm.
2: So obviously the cat wasn't anywhere where someone would have picked it up and chipped it for 12 years.
3: Somebody had so to take care of it. So it's important to get your
2: pet biker chipped. Yeah. So if someone finds them in more than a decade, they can let you know. What
3: the heck? Can you imagine that?
2: All right, listen to this. Yeah. This was a couple of days ago. Uh the oldest dog in the world has passed away. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh Boby, a purebred Rafero do Alejento, no. What? Alatejo, Portuguese dog. What is that? I do, I do not know, but he's extremely handsome and very, very dear looking. About twenty years old? Uh no, Boby passed away at the age of thirty one years, one hundred and sixty five days.
3: Thirty one plus
2: years. Yep. He was a guard dog. He died last weekend in a veterinary hospital in Lisbon. Um, He lived on a farm in the village of Conqueros in Portugal with Costa and four cats. He was born May 11th, 1992, when his owner was just eight years old. Wow.
3: Attributed to what? How does a dog live that long? Uh, Three things. Hmm.
2: They said good food, Hmm. fresh air, and lots of love.
3: What kind of good food?
2: Mm, didn't say. There was. It was not. It says though. Bobby eats what we eat.
3: Oh, so table scraps.
2: Yeah. So I guess whatever that is. Here's some mashed potatoes. And Bobby has never and was never put on a leash. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Officials at uh, Guinness, the world records people, said they were saddened to learn of the death of Bobby. In a statement on their website, they said Bobby lived to be 31 years and 165 days.
3: Interesting. Yep. Yeah, growing up, uh, my mother refused to buy dog food.
2: Really? Mm. So your dogs just ate they table ate, scraps?
3: Yeah. what We ate, yeah. Yeah. First time I bought dog food, I thought I was rich. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I give my dog dog food, and I think, is this really good for him? Yeah. But then you see that, like, that expensive dog food. Right. Like, you know, in the refrigerator yeah, section. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, well, I'm not buying that.
2: Right. I mean, who's, I mean, that's crazy.
3: But then, you know, then I'm buying him other stuff, and I think, is this really okay for him? Maybe I should just give him what we eat.
2: So Bobby was a purebred dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but the life expectancy of this particular breed is 10 to 14 years. Whoa. So he tripled it.
3: 30, he was 31 years plus? Mm-hmm.
2: 31, 31 and a half.
3: Wow, that's cool. And Hello, really, how old was really, your cat?
2: Uh, my cat was almost 20. He was 19. That's super cool. Yeah. Abu. Mm-hmm. Named after the monkey. This. Oh, that looks like a sweet In, uh,
3: dog. Oh. Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. That's a nice- Isn't that a big sweet brown dog? brown dog kind of with a rough coat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with
2: a really sweet face. Yeah, yeah. Very Super nice. sweet face. I wonder if he was he blind. Was, Right, the
3: vision um, yeah. tends to go early on. Or he's yeah. bumping into stuff? Right? I
2: don't, just sweet. Don't yeah. you love your animals? Yeah, of course I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very nice. So, John, you've got two cats right now I have and, cats a dog. and a dog. Two cats a dog.
3: You too. Mm-hmm. You've got I've two got cats. two
2: cats. I have uh, Burton Guster and uh-huh. Princess Charlotte. Excellent. And who do you have?
3: I have uh, Ricky, uh, Cassini. Those are the two cats. Uh-huh. And my dog is Clemente.
2: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Lexi, yeah. uh, you've got three cats. Is that correct? I've got two cats. I've
6: got Bog and I've got Possum. Bog, <laughs> Bog and Possum. And possum. Mm-hmm.
2: I
3: that doesn't make so. a lick of sense. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
2: Stay close. Much more to come in the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home. Glad you're along.
12: Sharing the word that changes the world, wherever you are. On your smart speaker, oneplace.com, wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, and in your car at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh.
8: This is an a News special report, a new house speaker. 220 votes for Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana.
12: Therefore,
6: the Honorable Mike Johnson of the state of Louisiana, having received a majority of the votes cast, is duly elected Speaker of the House of Representatives for the 118th Congress.
8: GOP Representative Elise Stefanik of New York says Johnson is a proven leader with a track record of notable accomplishments in the House.
5: Mike is a titan on the Judiciary Committee and a dedicated member of the House Armed Services Committee. And as vice chair of our conference, He has united all of our members to speak clearly and boldly on behalf of the American people.
8: Johnson picked up an important nod of support ahead of the vote from former President Donald Trump. He was the fourth candidate Republicans nominated to replace Kevin McCarthy. The Republican majority has been without a speaker for three weeks. This has been an SRA News special report. I'm Bob Agnew in Washington.
16: North Beaver Township needs a leader who will champion the rights of farmers and the broader rights of landowners and residents. That's why Herm Saviton is running for North Beaver Township supervisor. Herm Saviton is a farmer with deep roots dating back to 1947. For too long, the needs of North Beaver Township have taken a back seat, which is why Herm Saveton is challenging business as usual. When Herm Savitin is elected township supervisor, he'll bring comprehensive transparency to the board and champion economic development which benefits our community. We have an opportunity this November to make a meaningful change in our community. We can challenge business as usual and elect the township supervisor who will bring a local farmer's perspective. Herm Savitin will champion the rights of farmers as well as the broader rights of landowners and residents. It's time for a change. Vote Herm Savitin for North Beaver Township Supervisor. This message is paid for by RED PAC, not authorized by any candidate or candidate committee.
9: At Eden Christian Academy, lives are under construction every day lives built upon the foundation of God's Word, shaped by the understanding that every student is created with a unique design and purpose, building the mind with academic strength and depth while fashioning spiritual Christ-like character that can change the world. Fall Enrollment is open now, pre-K through 12th grade. Eden Christian Academy, building his kingdom one life at a time at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
2: Do you find joy in helping others? Turn it into a rewarding career at Life Steps. Life Steps is hiring caregivers to bring joy into the lives of individuals with disabilities. Full-time and part-time positions available with opportunities close to home. No degree or experience necessary. Life Steps offers flexible schedules, paid training, and generous benefits make a difference today. Call 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer.
17: In business. Everything your employees do impacts your brand, including what they wear. Centos has high-performance workplace apparel for almost every job imaginable. From work shirts and pants, to polos and khakis, to Oxfords or T-shirts, these clothes move, breathe, and look great. Your team gets the styles they like, you convey the image you want. And Centos service includes weekly laundry and delivery. To learn more, visit
7: Centos.com. Oh,
17: and get ready for the workday.
13: clouds breaking tonight will reach a nighttime low of 52 partly sunny very warm tomorrow a gorgeous day to be outside the high 75 partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 58 it'll be warm friday with temperatures approaching near record highs last reached in 1963 with times of clouds and sun and a high of 77 with your accuweather forecast i'm forecaster drew shannon
8: welcome to another
0: edition of the ride home with john and kathy live from the salem pittsburgh studios and now here are your hosts john hall and kathy emmons
2: well welcome in thank you it's the five o'clock hour of the ride home john welcome back we missed you yesterday thank
3: you happy to be here i I, over the weekend i went out um, to a concert with some old friends and then we met an old friend of of these these guys I, I, i was with who took us to dinner and he said Get anything on the menu. Well, my buddies both got steak. Okay. Well, I didn't know this guy.
2: Yeah, because you're like, I thought you don't order steak and have some guy who you don't know pay for that's it. That's
3: exact. I got a fish sandwich. Yeah, that's a good thing to but do. But then the steak showed up and I was like, boy, you made a mistake. <laughs> really? What the heck? I'm eating like this. <laughs> Let myself down. Filet of fish.
2: I would always go with a fish sandwich. That's what I just figured. Because... I figured that was
3: safe and respectful. I mean, respectful. if it
2: was me saying order anything you'd want, you're like, okay, well, I know cats. Thanks. Yeah, I know. But But, like some random person? Total
3: stranger. But he was like, so seriously, it was a really great guy. Jerry, uh, just get whatever you want. Go get, just get whatever you want. They were like, oh, thanks, Jerry. I'll have the steak. I'll have the steak.
2: How was your fish sandwich?
3: No, just okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Their steak looked a lot better. Oh. But you know what I mean? The the kindness of strangers. Yeah, that's very, very very nice. We saw Bob Dylan.
2: And how was (laughs) that? I mean,
3: Bob Dylan's 82. I was happy to see him because I'd never seen Bob Dylan before. Um, It was a narrow bandwidth. Okay. Hey, I'm bound. but you know, I was happy to see him because yeah. it was Bob Dylan. Hey. There's a lot of that going yeah. on. Seriously, six six songs into it, I turned to the guy next to me and I was like, uh, "I still don't uh, recognize any songs, but that's okay."
2: Because you were there to. You I to was receive, there. You were there with a.
3: I was with some friends, and uh, there was like a,
2: a monumental. F-
3: yeah. Artist of history Exactly So I was happy Did you
2: know any of his songs By the time you were done
3: They all Pretty much I kind of felt like my mom I was like They all sound the same (laughs) (laughs) But I, you know, yeah. I was in the presence of Bob Dylan, which is cool, That's and we were good. very close. Uh,
2: yeah. Coming up uh, in the five o'clock hour today, does this make sense yeah. at five twenty-five? Our daily feature. Also, what does it mean to be spiritually compatible if you're dating somebody? Um, you know, the you've heard the scripture passage, "Don't be unequally yoked." Mm-hmm. But let's break it down. What does that mean? You both have to be- believe in Jesus, but do you both have to be like orthodox? Just, do you right. both have to be? presbyterian or like non-denom or right. what what's your deal do or you can have... you
3: be a mormon and jehovah's witness right. yeah
2: can you can you mix it up
3: i don't know i don't it's very complex. we'll talk about
2: that at five thirty-five. Right. um big article in yesterday's wall street journal that caught my eye john about elite universities that because of the middle east conflict are facing donor revolt and i am saying donor revolt on a huge scale.
3: What, because they said the wrong thing or said nothing at all? Uh,
2: Both, both. Mm, Top universities such as Harvard and Penn Mm. facing backlash from alumni who are angry about how the school reacted to the attacks in Israel. The alumni say their schools didn't move quickly or forcefully enough to condemn Hamas and denounce anti-Semitism and that they've also done a poor job since then protecting Jewish students as tensions rise on campus. Mm -hmm. But... It's the last straw. So each one of these people, it's not the first time they've been annoyed with their university, but this could be the last time they're annoyed with their university because they feel like they're finally done. Now, when I'm talking about people who are donating to universities, um, I'm talking about big money people like Leslie Wexler, who is a billionaire. Mitt Romney, who, of course, is a senator from Utah. Seth Klarman is a hedge fund manager. Uh, Mark Rowe and private equity CEO. Ronald Lauder of the Estee mm-hmm, Lauder company, mm-hmm. um, those types of people. The article goes on to say that for people who have l- enormous family fortunes or uh, corporate fortunes, they look at giving back to their university the same way those of us who are Christians look at tithing. Really? It's just what... It's a call. It's it, a call. It's a necessary thing. It's what you do, yeah. right? But this pullback um, that includes all of these people that I read and more um, is going to dent the finances of some of the universities that are relying on just this type of people to keep their thing going. Wait, so, so they
3: use their generosity as a, as a bludgeon? They are now. hmm
2: Great. At Harvard, more than 30 student groups, John, signed a letter laying blame for Hamas's violence on Israel. So basically, you had babies beheaded uh, because it's your fault. Okay mm-hmm. um the president of Harvard wrote on october 9th to the harvard community that they were quote heartbroken by the death and destruction unleashed by the attack of hamas but the statement attracted criticism from the former president of harvard larry summers and others for not distancing harvard from the the stance of student groups on campus who are advocating for what i told you it would be important they said to say hey, listen, this is going on on our campus, but we do not feel that way. But, of course, that was not the case.
3: So it's a no-win for anybody, right? Well, it's a... Y- you, so you have to respond quickly with a, a very abrupt declaration, and you, you decide which side you're on, and you alienate people no matter what.
2: Well, probably. Yeah. Probably, but there also has to be some sort of root thing where you're saying what you believe to be right.
3: Why, do, why does everyone have to say what... Why do we care?
2: Well, retail billionaire Leslie Wexler's foundation said it's cutting financial ties with Harvard, and it's ending a program it funds at the School for Israelis. Do you know how much he's donated to Harvard? $42 million. Mm -hmm, mm
3: -hmm. How about the guy we talked about a couple weeks ago who donated his billion dollars anonymously?
2: Yes, Why don't people just
3: do that? Right. If you want to give, give and just zip it.
2: Right. Okay, well, listen to this. Let me tell you about what's going on uh, with a group of people, Seth Klarman, Mitt Romney, and Bill Hellman, because they published an open letter to Harvard saying that they are uh, concerned about the increasingly hostile environment for Harvard's Jewish students. We fear, they said, that history is on the verge of repeating itself. Mm, I agree with that. Um, The biggest donor revolt happening at Penn at the university there, um, because uh, Mark Rowan uh, went to uh, Penn, also is a legacy student at Penn, which means that his father, or grandfather, mm-hmm. sure, or mother, sure. or somebody went there. Generational. Um, and he and Ronald Lauder of Estee Lauder. Mm-hmm both heard about a Palestinian literary festival that they were having at Penn. And they contacted the president of the school and they said, hey, we're concerned about this because it isn't just a bunch of uh, Palestinian writers who are involved in this. It's actually people who are hiding behind that moniker and they're just anti-Semites. And you shouldn't have that on your campus. Like, that can't be... So instead of having a conversation or returning phone calls, the president of Penn said... I'm going to do whatever I want. Mm. And so they went ahead and had the The Palestinian Literary Festival, and the attack on Israel was four days later. Mm -hmm. So Ronald Lauder wrote an article that they published in the Wall Street Journal um, explaining exactly what's happened. Uh, He says this, I told you that those invited to that event had a history of not just strong anti-Israel bias, but outright anti-Semitism. You were already aware of much of this, and in our two subsequent calls, I asked you again to cancel the event. I now know the conference has put a deep stain on Penn's reputation that will take a long time to repair. His uh, letter is lengthy, and of course he ends it by saying, "My, I can't believe I'm fighting anti-Semitism At my college campus, which is where my father went and my grandfather went, Um, like I'm fighting it, you know, all across different parts of Europe. Um, Now, here's the interesting thing. I think, I mean, I think it's all interesting, but here's the thing that kind of jumped out at me. He said that the response to the Hamas attacks and the way that Penn responded was a departure from how the school responded to the killing of George Floyd and how they responded to the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe versus Wade. Interesting. So he said, it's not that you can't find your voice. It's
3: your selective voice.
2: It's that you have a selective voice. Mm-hmm. So your concern about the downtrodden is very limited. And uh, Jews are not part of that group.
3: Oh, that's fascinating.
2: So it'll kind of be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, donors gave more than $1.5 billion to Penn the last two fiscal years.
8: Well,
3: if you give that amount of money, you have every right to have your voice heard and as a request that, People don't appear on the platform on the campus that you don't want them to be there. And, of course, the president of the university and the board of the university have every right to say this is our university. Thank you for your generosity. But we choose to continue forward.
2: Right. And I also think that when they say this is the final straw, they've just been frustrated for years at how there's only one viewpoint that's kind of allowed on their college campuses why can't we have freedom of speech where people can say whatever they want
3: well yes that's american education in 2023 is is it not take a quick break we come back we're going to talk about the deepest place suffering and the formation of hope
12: 101.5 word
4: she was giving me the ultrasound and she turned on the sound and my baby had a heartbeat I have a baby inside of me.
1: You've heard that seeing is believing. That's certainly true when it comes to pregnancies. It's been shown that abortion-minded women who see their babies on an ultrasound are likely to have that baby. Today, you can provide a free ultrasound for a pregnant woman for just $28, the cost to save the life of a baby. So whether you want to save one, or five, or hundreds of babies, Word FM and Preborn are here to help. Call today, 833-850-BABY or go to wordfm.com.
0: In a world where financial landscapes can change rapidly, safeguarding your savings and retirement accounts is paramount. Direct Bullion USA is more than just the number one rated gold bullion dealer in America. We're your trusted partner in navigating the uncertainties of hyperinflation and political upheaval around the world. Direct Bullion USA can provide you with the knowledge and resources to fortify your financial stability and protect what matters most. Call us now at 888-787-GOLD. Precious metals like gold and silver have been a safe haven investment for hundreds of years. Get started when you call Direct Bullion USA at 888-787-4653 and get your free gold investing starter kit today. All it takes is one call to 888-787-GOLD. Take control of your retirement and protect your future with Direct Bullion USA. Call 888-787-4653. That's 888 888-787- 787 Gold.
17: Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605.
2: Fall is here. School is back. The days of sitting poolside are over. If you spend a lot of time in the sun, though, you might be seeing its effect on your skin. A few more freckles, some premature wrinkles, blotches on your hands, face, and neck. At Chilled to Perfection in Oakmont, an IPL photo facial can help reverse the damage of sun and time, making your skin appear healthy and radiant. New customers get the Fall Back in Time IPL special for just $4.99. Your results are their business at PerfectionPGH.com.
3: When Adam and then Eve first entered into the world, there was a very short, very peaceful honeymoon. And then, of course, we disobeyed God and all violence broke out, which is what we've been doing now for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. But how do we, in the midst of a violent world, be people of peace? Dr. Kurt Thompson is back with us. He's been a regular guest of of, ours over the many years. His newest work is called The Deepest Place, Suffering and the Formation of Hope. Doctor, welcome back. How are
2: you?
6: John and Kathy, thanks so much. It's great to be with you. Always. Thank you.
2: So, Kurt, you've decided to um, talk about things of today and the way of humans and our hearts and our position uh, before God through the story of Adam and Eve. And it's really fascinating because I don't think I've ever heard anyone really discuss the like interpersonal mechanism going on between the two of them while they're being tempted by Satan. So um, Mm -hmm. tell our listeners how you see that story and what you've gleaned from it.
6: Well, I think one of the first things that we see is if if you're, uh, I think we, you know, we're so familiar with the story. That, you know, we, we can kind of quote it chapter and verse and we just kind of know what happens. We know the conversation that takes place so much so that we don't really recognize that this uh, serpent, this snake, uh, this, uh, and this, this creature that is in rebellion against God and hopes to take the earth with it um, is, is committing violence toward the woman and the man. We don't think that. We, At first glance, we don't think it's violent because he's not, you know, bloodying them. He's not using howitzers. He's not uh, stabbing. He's not doing any, he's very subtle in his violence. In the same way that, you know, in our listeners, like we, we've all had experiences in which we uh, sense the subtle cut of the comment or the glance or the tone of voice. It's now understood that of all of of, of the seven nonverbal cues that human beings offer to one another, that our tone of voice singularly stands out as that which has the most potency to deliver loving kindness or violence in our tone of voice, our contempt. And we sense what he's up to. We see this. And this act of violence, and of course, you read this and you think like, well, what's violent about that? And it's because we are so calloused to how often shame crosses our boundaries, how often we deal with it. We aren't even aware that violation is taking place. And this takes place between her and her husband. And then there is this fruit fest as a way that I I invite the reader to consider that there are lots of reasons why they – take the fruit, but one of those reasons is as a way to cope with Mm. the violation that has happened. And then all you get is like, you you get, then what does he do? Like he throws his wife under the bus when God comes calling. Mm. What is this that you, well, you're the wife that you get, the woman you gave me. And then one chapter later, we see two sons with Cain and Abel that are trying to make sense of their parents' unfinished business. As we like to say, you know, uh, Sibling rivalry isn't about siblings, it's about parents, and with this, we see violation and violence that travels downstream because of this very subtle thing that this serpent perpetrated upon the woman, and ever since, we have had this notion of violence toward each other, and actually that we believe that God is at war with us as well.
3: Interesting. So, Kurt, w- when I envision how the serpent spoke to Eve, it doesn't mm. feel, I mean, a- at least, you know, from first glance, a violent okay. encounter. Although there is guile no. there, but there is something, right. as you're saying, the way that this serpent spoke, it set off millennial violence.
6: Right. Well, I mean, I, I, there, I tell a story that I, I, have, a, I have a patient uh, who now in, in their 60s, but who when they were 19 years old, when she was 19 years of age, she was at college and she got a phone call. Now, this was this was, you know, would have been several decades ago before the Internet uh, when all we had were landlines. Uh, and she got a phone call from her father who told her that he was leaving her mother and he was moving to Seattle where he had another family.
9: Um- and
6: and where and where he did not have just one but two children with another woman and that's where he was going and then he said this to her he said but don't worry this is not your fault. Now here's the thing. Uh, In her mind. she doesn't have any other option but to wonder what is it that I could have done differently. Her father is saying to her you're not enough Mm -hmm. for me to stay. With you for me to love you as your father, I'm going to go be somebody else's father. He was, he, of course, it was all couched in very kind words. This is not your fault, and in many respects, this is not unlike. I mean, and we, and we can feel the violence of this father toward his 19-year-old daughter. Like you, you know, like like I you people I tell this story and people are so like I want to find this guy and I and I want to you know I want to give him a piece of my mind. But when we think about the snake, what is the snake telling to the, what is the? snake saying to the woman? The, the snake is saying to the woman, God knows in the day that you eat thereof, you will become like him. And the message inherent in this is he doesn't want you becoming like him. Hmm. He doesn't love you as much as you think he does. You're not as important as you think you are. This is the message that easily gets received. And if we were to stand and watch that message be directly spoken to her. We sense, we see the violation, but this is how evil works. Evil doesn't show up at our doorstep and say, Kathy, let's go rob a bank today. No, you're far too smart for that. Evil shows up in far more subtle ways. It's the second smartest force on the planet. It shows up in subtle ways that are violating and that look completely benign on the surface. How many times have we been in conversations where someone says, Something to us that feels critical and they're saying like, I'm just trying to be helpful. How many times have we heard this in Mm -hmm. our families over and over and over again? And what it does is that it trains us to believe that we're not just at war with our parents or with ourselves, that we're at war with God. And in this second chapter of the book of The Deepest Place, we're really looking at this question that we more than we think we have parts of us that believe I'm still at war with Jesus. And it's really difficult for me to untether those parts, for me to change the course of that. If I have not addressed the parts of me that have been wounded, that I have not yet brought into the light in order for them to be healed.
2: Okay. So Kurt, you're saying that um, each one of us may have places inside us where we feel like God has not acted lovingly toward us.
6: Uh, that's absolutely right i mean we get this i mean there there are two things that we know when when we when we when we read the in the in the psalm the 40th psalm and david has this phrase where he said i said to my soul why art thou downcast so we see that there is a part of david that is asking the question and then there's a part of david to whom he's putting the question we each have different parts kathy and john and kurt like we all like we have different parts of us there is the part of me that is a brother the part of me that is a father son there's the part of me that might feel funny the part of me that feels angry the part of me that is a you know quasi-athlete or used to be all these different parts of me the parts of me that show up in ways that i like and the parts of me that show up in ways that i don't like and we see that in the scriptures the psalms are replete with evidence of the psalmist actually being curious about these different parts of us back in the 1980s the psychologist richard schwartz developed what has now become a robust way of thinking about our inner life called internal family systems. This way of imagining this is this notion that we each have different parts of us that are all kind of coming into the room. I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing that the two of you have had these moments right. right where, oh, there's the impatient part of me, there's the irritable part of me that came into the room, mm-hmm. and then there's the part of me that jumps into the room and, and is critis- critical of the part of me that was just irritable. There's so many parts of us. And these different parts, what about the part of me, like I I, I write about this in the book later, like there is the part of me that walks around believing that he's unwantable. He just died, he believes this. So not all of me believes this, but the part of me that believes that I'm unwantable is gonna spend a lot of energy working really hard to get you to like me. And I will worry that as soon as we're done talking and I'm out of your eyesight, like I'm gonna disappear from your mind. Because that part believes he's still at war with God. He has not sensed Jesus loving him yet. Hmm. And so the work that we are doing in our confessional communities, the work that we're doing in small groups, the work that we long, this is the biblical notion of like sanctification that more and more parts of us, Jesus longs to bring out into the open and reveal to us that god in fact is not at war with us i mean this is what adam and eve thought they thought that god was coming to kill him when he was walking in the cool of the day they're running into the woods he was coming to have a real conversation jesus comes and instead of us welcoming him because he's coming to find us we kill him because we believe that he's at war with us Hmm. because there are parts of me that have yet to be loved it doesn't mean i'm not saved It means, like the father at the end of Mark chapter 9, whose son Jesus heals, but who the disciples couldn't. He says, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. And I would say, me too. I have parts of me that believe. And I have other parts of me already today that have shown up that, that they don't believe. And I need to know... That the God of peace is coming to make peace with me because until I experience that in my chest, my suffering will continue as a function of me believing that I am still a victim of violence.
8: Mm-hmm.
2: And that God allowed it to happen.
6: source, sor-
2: Or that God's the source of it.
6: Exactly. At some level, God is responsible for this. And until I'm actually able to name these in the presence of other people who can hear this and hold this, reveal this and create space for the healing, I will still continue to burn energy, keeping that stuff out of my awareness, out of your awareness. And because of it, I will continue to suffer.
3: Wow. Kurt, that's so excellent. It's just such a tiny little bite. We don't have enough that's time to delve very, deeper. such a very, very good book. But thank you so much. Really
6: appreciate this. You bet. My pleasure. Good to be with you guys.
2: Yeah, you guys have to check out The Deepest Place, Suffering and the Formation of Hope by Dr. Kurt Thompson. It is so, so good. John, am I making that up? No. Dr. Kurt Thompson, he's a psychiatrist
3: in private practice in Falls Church, Virginia. The aforementioned The Deepest Place.
5: Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats and side, too, with lots of pumpkin creations, pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixings. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com.
14: Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, and evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit, and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 989898, 98 98 and you're gonna be blessed by taking action right now. What if I told you you can save a baby's life for just $28.
18: Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or you can do it safe and secure online by clicking on the preborn banner at wordfm.com.
12: It's one station with many locations. Word FM is on OnePlace.com, WordFM.com, the Word FM mobile app on your smart speaker, and at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
13: Clouds breaking tonight will reach a nighttime low of 52, partly sunny, very warm tomorrow, a gorgeous day to be outside, the high 75. Partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 58. It'll be warm Friday with temperatures approaching near record highs, last reached in 1963 with times of clouds and sun on a high of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
2: Does this make sense?
3: It does. What makes sense?
2: The checkout line. I don't mean in your grocery store. I'm talking about a retail store, maybe a department store, maybe a store in the mall.
3: Macy's or a Kohl's or something. Why?
2: I I was in one of these stores. Mm -hmm. I'm in a line that has like 18 people in it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go up to the cash register and do what we all know. But We live in a world of like cell phones, right? And why, why can't, why do I have to go up to a counter? Why can't someone just check out my stuff like with their phone or with a little beeper or something?
3: When I bring this up like a giant eagle, like self-serve, you think of like, I'm like godless.
9: (laughs) I didn't say you were godless. And now
3: you bring it up because you're at Macy's or Kohl's and I was like, oh yeah, you should just do the express check. I want to just beat this through. (laughs) What, no, what I'm
2: not saying I, want, I, need, I need self-checkout. I'm saying you could have the same cashiers, but they could be roaming around the the, the store.
3: Oh, that'd make me an anxious mess. Right? Why? Some beep, 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 beep. Just Why? settle because, down, everybody. No, because you, know. you
2: could just go to somebody who's just standing by the escalator and said, can I check out? Sure. And then they just beep your stuff, zzz, staple it in a bag, and you walk out the door.
3: Well, now they're doing that thing. You know, it's, it's coming. You know, cashier-less places. You just walk out of the store with your stuff.
2: Oh, Which makes me anxious as well. That just seems like it's rife for shoplifting abuse. I just feel like there are some stores that do this. Like when you go to the Apple store, if you buy a computer, you don't go up to a counter. What do you do? The dude who's there, who's waiting on you. Oh, you're a genius. they They just scan your card and the little thing and you leave.
3: No pleasantries.
2: Well, I mean, there are pleasantries, but you don't have to go through. You don't have to go up to the counter. Oh, you yep. don't have to go to the cashier. Sure, sure, There's sure. no cashier. It, your cashier can be anybody. Well, I guess that why makes sense. in a in a in a department store? Why can't the cashier be anybody? Yeah. Why can't they roam around? Why am I waiting behind all these people? Oh, that's fine. Why am I doing that? I don't know. That doesn't make sense. I guess
3: so. I I don't have a strong feeling about that uh, over I, I now. I
2: can tell, and yeah. you're just kind of letting me rant.
3: Yeah, sorry.
2: You don't think that makes sense? No, no, no I
3: don't mind the checkout. All right. It's fine. She's doing a job. And plus I'm not saying she's
2: not doing her job. I'm saying why. Okay.
3: All right, does this make sense?
13: Hmm.
3: Plaid pants. Oh
13: gosh.
3: Plaid. Holy heck, John. What? Plaid pants. You remember remember be... back in the 70s how plaid was like everybody's wearing plaid? I don't remember that. Whoa, oh, that's right. You were too young. Yeah, sorry. Everybody's wearing plaid. People wear plaid pants, plaid shirts, plaid jackets, plaid everywhere. Yeah. Now I look at plaid and I go, am I really going to wear plaid?
2: No, because look at how bad all of those people looked in the pictures in the 1970s. Well, they were bright
3: and colorful. No. What about Carnegie Mellon? like the tartans. It's all plaid.
2: Well, that's fine. It's a little different than some girl who's wearing, you know, a pair of pants plaid. What about a plaid scarf! That's a whole different thing than pants. It's still plaid. No, you should never put plaid on your
12: pants. You I never
3: plaid pants. Never worn plaid pants. No, plaid no pants.
2: absolutely not. That makes sense.
12: 101.5 WORG. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend.
1: With the best new music. New, new. new, music. new music from Rachel Lampa with Andrew Rip. Somebody to you.
4: Somebody to you.
1: God is with us from the afters. God is with God. And trust in God from Elevation Worship. I trust in God. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites.
12: 101.5 WORD. On the weekend.
1: Geneva College is making a commitment to affordability for students in Pennsylvania with the Geneva Tuition Promise. The Geneva Tuition Promise ensures that all eligible Pennsylvania traditional undergraduate students from families earning less than $70,000 annually will pay no tuition at Geneva College starting with the incoming class in the fall of 2024. Discover how an academically excellent Geneva College education is within your reach. Visit Geneva.edu slash promise for more details and to determine eligibility.
17: This is Call Christian owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800 533 6605. That's 800 533 6605. 800
7: 533 6605. Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As veterans, we tell ourselves the lie that we can handle anything. We let the water boil. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council.
4: The pandemic is over. But COVID-19 is here to stay. In fact, it's still among the top five leading causes of death in the U.S. just after heart disease and cancer. So this fall, stay up to date with the latest COVID-19 vaccines, just like you do with the flu, because you've got no time for 19. The vaccine may not be for everyone. Please consult with your doctor. Brought to you by Moderna.
3: Many, many decades ago, when my parents got married, my mother was a devout Roman Catholic. My father's family, they were Protestants. My father's family was so outraged that he would marry Roman Catholic, they essentially just uh, told him to go away. There was very little engagement. Now, Kath, you, on the other hand, your mother, very devout, mm-hmm. your father,
4: mm-hmm.
3: no belief at all. Mm-hmm. But still, they got married. Yep. My parents' marriage, I say, a successful marriage. Your parents' marriage, successful marriage. It but was also was...
2: very difficult uh-huh. on our family.
3: Because of a lack of faith? Oh, yeah.
2: Interesting. Oh, it was very, very, very... It was... Um, um... It was a big point of dissension in our house when I was growing up.
3: So does it make a difference to yes. be yoked? Yes. It does?
2: Yes, it does. But what is that actually... I mean, you can't be yoked in everything. It's not like you're marrying your mirror opposite. Right. Or, I mean, you're, that mirror opposite isn't appropriate. Yeah. But you're not marrying someone who's just like you.
3: But does it matter? It, mat- it, it you're has to matter. That if if you're a believer, and, and whether you're... A Roman Catholic marrying a Protestant, or a uh, a Christian marrying a Jehovah's Witness. Oh,
2: that married that that's different.
3: All right, Lisa Anderson's back with us. She is uh, the host and director of Boundless, a young adulthood focus on the family. She hosts the Boundless show. It's a weekly podcast and a radio show. Here today to talk to us about being equally yoked. Lisa, welcome back. How you doing?
19: Hey, good to be here. I'm not sure. I don't know if you guys need me. You're getting pretty intense already
3: here. Oh so <laughs> well, no, we need you.
19: If oh, if believe I want me, let into
3: this. Oh. If anything, you're a good referee.
2: That's right. <laughs> okay. Oh, that, that well, okay. Do. So it's a hard thing because we know the scripture says you shouldn't be unequally yoked. So yep. of course,
3: it happens all the time.
2: It happens all the time. But to you know, when I was growing up, I I thought of that a lot with my parents because they were in such different places spiritually. Um, and that was such a point of contention. Uh, but over time, that faded. And by the time my parents passed away, it wasn't even a thing. So uh, marriages can go through many, many cycles. But at the beginning, when people are trying to figure out whether they are even going to get into a marriage, what are the things that you think they need to talk about?
19: Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's interesting because even if we talk about someone like beliefs and where they are spiritually and all that, there are a number of areas on which a couple can differ. But the one that is scripturally kind of a non-negotiable is kind of what you said, Kathy, and that is marrying someone who does not also... Um, trust Christ as their savior for the person who is a believer. And I say, especially when I talk to young adults, because they're kind of like, well, you know, does it really matter? I mean, and they think of it in practical terms, like, well, I guess it would affect, you know, how we raise our kids or I, you know, I guess it would affect. And I'm like, well, here's what it's going to affect. You are literally like attaching your life to someone that you just by virtue of your beliefs have to acknowledge that, they are not going to share eternity with you. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's like, I, I say that even, you know, boundless being part of Focus on the Family. I say this and it offends people. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You know, Focus on the Family has for years helped people navigate marriage and parenting. So how do you how do you get a healthy marriage and how do you parent your kids well and love them and all that? And I'm like, literally none of that matters if someone in this equation is going to hell. So- Right. So this is why we have to get first things first, because wouldn't you want that person that you have now yoked yourself to and you have made them your person, wouldn't you want to walk into, you know, life and then ultimately beyond this life with that person? And so I think that's kind of the common denominator that we have to talk about. But then everything else, there's a lot of nuance in there, too, and things to talk about as far as like. Okay, what? So, say this person says they believe in God or that they were born in Texas, so that makes them a Christian. Okay, what are, how are we parsing this out? So it can get tricky.
3: Yeah. Well, well for us, Lisa, there's my mom, a devout Roman Catholic. My father was like, that's fine. They had seven kids, but he never showed up at church.
19: Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. And it's really, I mean, again, and, in, in, you know, Catholics, I mean, they don't play around. They're kind of like, you have to be baptized in the Catholic Church, or there's like a lot of problems around that. And So it's funny to me how little people talk about this before they get married, because in fact, I had to that point, uh, John, I had a coworker one time back in the day say she was Lutheran and her husband was Catholic. And she's like, well, you know... So give us your advice, like, you know, how do you think we're going to make this work? Because we're arguing over, like, where Mm -hmm. our kids are going to go to school or how our kids are going to get baptized. And I said, I started out by saying, well, first of all, I think both of you have to acknowledge that you're not a good Lutheran and he's not a very good Catholic (laughs) because you're already conceding some pretty big things here. And she was like, yeah, I think we have to admit that because this is getting a little bit crazy. So, you know, so it is true. There are things that you have to put on the page as far as non-negotiables versus the things where maybe you're going to have to give some ground. Yeah, that's good.
3: So people will say. I love her. I love him. I'm not complete without them. How can I just walk away from this? But there are non-negotiables.
19: There are absolutely non-negotiables. And so I would say for a person who says that they're a disciple of Jesus Christ, I mean, you got to go to scripture and find out what are those. And, you know, I just quickly, I will say, um, is this a person who, you know, can articulate their faith, what they believe, and there is evidence of this faith. So this means they are a disciple of Christ. They are not just you know, again, a Texan. Um, it's someone who recognizes their own sin and they repent of it. They forgive others. They love fellow Christians. You know, it says in, in the Bible, they'll know we are Christians by our love for one another. They evidence the fruit of the spirit, and they are very, very committed to the authority of Scripture in their life. And I think that in our culture today, that's a big dividing line. And so, just starting out with those things, you know, is going to be a lot of discussion to have. Right there, because otherwise, you know, again, Kathy mentioning being unequally yoked, when you are yoked to a person, you will be pulling in opposite directions if you're not looking in the same direction and headed towards the same goal.
2: Yeah, it's hard. And look, we're unequally yoked in many areas in marriage. So it's not like this is the only one. But I do think this is the most important one. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess, you know, it's a matter of trying to decide what you're willing to work through.
19: Do you think that's Mm -hmm. an appropriate question to ask? I think when you get down to the gray areas, that is absolutely where you're going to be playing. Because like I said, I mean, you need to get the non-negotiables on the table because that will that I mean, there we're talking about eternal consequences. But then let's move into this area of like, okay, but what about if if I've been a Christian my whole life and the person I'm dating has only been a Christian for five years? Okay, well, there might be some differences there. There's going to be a history of church experience that you have that maybe he doesn't. There's going to be maybe some maturity issues of what, you know, what do you know versus what he knows or experiential things. Or sometimes there's some doctrinal differences, you know, people just coming from different backgrounds, but things that are non-essential. So, you know. What do you think about baptism? Is that immersion baptism or is that instant baptism? Is that, you know, how because deciding on that, that's going to determine what kind of church you go to. I could tell you that. So all of a sudden you're going to be arguing about that. Also, what's going to determine your place of worship or, again, kids' schools, programs for the kids is going to be like your worship style if you're full on charismatic and you want to run down the aisles and raise your hands and your husband is like hard pass, that is so embarrassing. That is not me. (laughs) Someone's going to be fighting about that or someone's going to be changing churches, but you're going to have to decide which one of those it's going to be. And so those kind of things are, you know, sometimes you might need to talk to a pastor about it. Sometimes you might need to talk to a counselor about it, quite frankly, but all of those are negotiables that you're going to have to work through, but they do affect the way you walk out your marriage and they could probably, you know, you could head a, a fair amount of arguments off at the past by at least having the conversation and being humble yeah. in the process. That's, That's good. good.
3: We're talking with Lisa Anderson. She's a director of boundless and young adults at focus on the family host, the boundless show, weekly podcast and radio show. So Lisa, what I'm hearing is due diligence better to have these uh, difficult and probably painful conversations well in advance as opposed to on the wedding day or after the
13: wedding.
19: Yeah, for sure. Because again, I mean, first of all, I think it's just a healthy exercise to figure out what you believe Mm -hmm. in these various areas. I mean, that's just going to be, you know, that's almost like a runaway bride situation where, you know, decide how you like to eat your eggs. Uh, before you get married so you know what you believe and you know making the movie illusion there but you know you got to decide that Um, and I would say it's just it's a good exercise for you to do and then also that's why I'm such a big fan of like pre-engagement counseling Mm. because it gives you the space when you're not picking out wedding dresses and venues to really think through these things and say okay where are we going with this and not have the pressure of we're heading down the aisle so we got to decide. Yeah that's a good point. Just a great place to talk about it.
2: Yeah. Um, Lisa, we had a guest on our show years ago, and he was probably, I would say, in his 70s when he was here, and... Uh, We were talking about something, you know, uh, professional on the air, what what his job was, but off the air because we were friends um, or at least, you know, acquaintances. You know, I said, you know, how's your family going? And he said something that I've never forgotten. He said, well, my my wife has gotten um, she's doing well. She's gotten involved in like a like more of a mystical approach to like an experiential approach to prayer. And he said. And that's been hard for me because I don't really identify with that. And it makes me a little little uncomfortable. He said, but um, I want her to go the road that she thinks that she needs to go um, because we love the same God. And he said, but I also I'm just going to give her space to do that. And I thought that was really a wise approach. And then Mm -hmm. actually a year later, I saw him again and I said, how's that going? And he's like, oh, boy, it's it's been so interesting. And he ended up kind of going down a similar path. Um, But it was just they had known each other so well over so many years that they trusted each other enough that he didn't think that she was a whack job. And she didn't (laughs) think that he was a stick in the mud. They both were okay enough to think that they were different.
3: But there was a center point that they were both believers. Yes,
2: they were both believers, but they were just going to pursue it a little differently. And it didn't, it wasn't an argument and it didn't wreck the marriage. It was just space. And I thought that that was a really mature approach.
19: Yeah, that is so good. And it's like my, um, my friend Gary Thomas, author of Sacred Marriage, often says, you know, you want to know that when you are standing before the Lord, you know, having been married throughout your lifetime, that you're bringing this, you're, you're bringing a person along with you that you are hopefully pushing towards the cross of Christ and you're hopefully pushing them towards maturity and you're seeking their betterment and you're concerned for their soul. And so that is, it's a very caring, posture i think to say yeah i mean as long again you know she's praying differently okay as long as this doesn't involve like crystals and witchcraft Mm -hmm. probably good (laughs) style wise for her to be free to express herself in that way i think is just is amazing and you know i think we we see a lot of people in worship styles along that way too my dear friend monica uh, very much a more charismatic background than her husband he was like presbyterian And she visited my church with him, which is Presbyterian, and she told me about it afterwards, and she's like, Lisa, the first downbeat of that organ, I just burst into tears. (laughs) I was like, I hear you, girl. It's very traditional, very high church. And so, but you know what? She, they were able to respect each other and their differences and they ended up attending my church for a season. And so she was able to say, here's where we agree. It's on Jesus.
3: Excellent. What Mm -hmm. does it mean to be spiritually compatible? Lisa Anderson from Boundless. Lisa, take a second and talk to us about Boundless and your podcast.
19: Yeah. Well, check us out at boundless.org. It is a space um, primarily for younger adults who are trying to navigate faith and life and relationships. We do it with community. We have articles. We have a blog. We have the show, which is anywhere that podcasts are found and so it's just really a fun way to own kind of our maturity and walk forward in it and kind of link arms in the process outstanding Job
2: All right. well done that's lisa anderson you can check her out online check out the boundless show weekly podcast and radio show thanks lisa
3: always great to be here always a pleasure lisa anderson okay we'll take a quick break come back we got a smidge ahead uh, it's world pasta day bring it yeah let's talk about what's your favorite noodle
7: This is an urgent news alert from the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. The people of Israel are at war. Hamas terrorists have murdered women and children, desecrated bodies, and kidnapped loved ones. President and CEO of the fellowship, Yael Ekstein.
4: What's happening right now in Israel is Israel's 9 11. I'm coming to you today to say Israel is under attack and we need your help now. It can't wait can't wait an hour, it can't wait a day, and it certainly can't wait a week. We need emergency supplies on the ground in Israel
7: now. Your emergency gift of $45 will help save Jewish lives and provide critical essentials desperately needed right now. Please call and help Israel, 800-964-2552. That's 800-964-2552. Bishop Paul Lanier, Chairman of the U.S. Board for the Fellowship
8: israel is at war terrorists have egregiously violently viciously violated the territory the sanctity the sovereignty of israel my assignment yours is to help give and to provide sustenance food medicine it's important it really matters and i'm asking you now with all that i can say please please give
7: with an emergency gift today of just $45 to the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, you'll help provide emergency medical needs for those injured, water, food, bomb shelter construction, and much more. Please call now. Make your emergency gift of $45 or any amount the Lord leads you to give today, 800-964-2552. 2552 that's
14: 800-964-2552. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Now I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, an evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold ira can help you there are no strings attached text the word faith to 989898 98 98 and you're going to be blessed by taking action right now world pasta
2: day
3: world pasta day
2: is today and so i'm wondering you know do you have a do you have a preference do you like your Fusilli or your
3: yeah, my style of noodle, my delivery method or
2: your penne or whatever that's, it is. That's where I'm going. The penne. Mm-hmm. Are you?
3: Yeah, it's it's tubular. It's tubular, so you get the uh, funnel of sauce.
2: You have like sauce inside mm-hmm. and out.
3: It's not too big like the rigatoni, which is like a super mouthful. Yeah, the penne fits me well.
2: Do you like penne? Mm-hmm. See, now that's a that's a pasta I never buy. Why?
3: You like fusilli?
2: I like the the curly thing. Like I love li- mm-hmm. the campanelle is like a little.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like a little horn. I got
3: no problem with that.
2: It has like curly edges. It's very I pretty. like things that are curly and can catch a lot of sauce. The
3: campanelle though, it takes a long time to cook. Yeah, I think right? it
2: probably does take. It probably a little- does. time ma- ma- I mean, maybe twelve minutes.
3: Maybe so. Was that too long for you? <laughs> I'm hungry. I mean, it's not my like it's,
2: it's not like it's taking a couple hours.
3: I mean, my penny's like eight minutes probably. <laughs> okay. I mean, it just seems to me elegant the delivery oh okay the penne does do do you think it's refined for me
2: okay so how do you feel about a linguine is that too pedestrian oh no
3: no I like a linguine okay yeah a linguine I'm going traditional with the white clam sauce
2: oh my gosh and your special shirt
3: bring it yeah right still hanging in my closet yeah just in
2: case Uh, John and I have this up Italian haunt that we've yeah. gone to for years. And every time we go there, John wears the same shirt because it. he always gets the white clam sauce on the shirt.
3: It's a mess. It's like it's BYOB. Bring exactly. your own bib. I feel good about it, too. Happy World Pasta World Day. World Pasta Day. You going to celebrate?
2: I think I'd like to with some tortiglioni. <laughs> what? I think I might.
3: That's a little exotic. Hey, thanks for being with us. Have a great night.
0: The Ride
3: Home with John and Kathy,
0: a production of Salem Media Group